Thank you, Claire, for bringing that long passage. If you found the passage was uh, considerably long, it's nothing. You watch a film that's 120 minutes long, you watch a football match which is 90 minutes long. That's up three minutes. Okay. So if you ever find church services are long, it's not long, really, is it? When you go down for a meal, you spend about an hour and a half in a restaurant, just chatting and enjoying. Here you are in the presence of God. Wow. And with the rest of his family. Enjoy. So today what I'm going to be speaking is from Acts chapter 25 and 26. Before I do, I just want to draw your attention to this board, which we'll come back to at the end of my talk. At Cornerstone, we are people drawn from all walks of life by God, through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, unto himself, from the world, to be his people. And uh, we are not a, a showroom, we are a workshop, where God is working on each individual, changing us, conforming us to the image of his son. It's a journey, welcome to the journey. If you're, not, if you're a visitor, if you, if you don't have a home church, why not make this your home church? Okay. Our vision is we aspire to be an authentic Christian community, serving in Christ's purpose, Bristol, Britain, and beyond. What we are about is we are about making Christ known and making disciples. So everything we do, we ask one question. Is this enhancing making Christ known? Is this, does this enhance making disciples? Then we try and fit in. If not, we do not spend our energies onto that. Okay? So we will come to that in a minute. But this is expressed as we, in terms of our church, we, we gather together to worship. But our worship is actually worshipping with our whole lives, not just a portion, a token. We worship with our whole life. The next thing is we fellowship. Fellowship is not, sometimes we kind of think fellowship is something we have over a cup of tea. That's not fellowship. Fellowship means you are having part of the shared family of God. The Holy Spirit of God is poured out on each one of you and together we are in fellowship. Like the Royal College of Surgeons, they serve, they are in a fellowship together. They all subscribe to the same medicinal practice. We subscribe to the holiness of God. We subscribe to Jesus Christ and his righteousness. We talk about discipleship. That is, we want to become Christ-like. That, again, is a journey. And that journey will never get complete until we meet him. When we meet him, we will see him as he is and we will be like him. Stewardship. It's about giving your time, your talent and your treasure. In order to further God's mission, we have to contribute. People can contribute in different ways. We'll come to that. I'll get Ray to come and see what is beautifully written here at the end of my talk. Okay. And lastly, mission is about sharing Christ, making Christ known, evangelism. Those are all on that banner just outside. Have a look at it. Come and, uh, come and make this, make God's passion your passion. Okay? You know, Martin Luther said, I have a dream. So I'm not asking you to concoct a dream. Make God's dream your dream. 
make seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay, now back to Acts chapter 25 and 26. Here, Apostle Paul, last time we left is he, uh, he was left in the prison by the governor Felix. And uh, he was, Felix served for two years, so Apostle Paul was, uh, Apostle Paul was in prison in Caesarea for two years, left there. And uh, the new governor has come in and his name is Festus. And uh, he only serves for a brief period. Uh, he's a workaholic by the looks of it because he comes and within three days he's gone all over the province to meet prominent leaders in Jerusalem, religious leaders. And there he's met with some people who ask him, can you do us a favor, Paul? We have a prisoner up there, uh, uh, Festus. We have a prisoner up there in Caesarea. Can you send him down to Jerusalem? And the whole idea was, even after two years, they were bent on killing Paul. They wanted to ambush and kill him. But uh, Festus said, I'm going to go back in a few days' time. You can come there and we will, we will do business from there. The whole, his trip was about eight to ten days. He comes back on the very next day. No rest day. He goes back to work, Festus, workaholic. And he, uh, he summons uh, uh, Paul and these accusers to come and they accuse him. Here what we're going to be looking at, God's faithfulness over the words he spoke to Paul, and we're going to see a Paul's faithfulness in witnessing. We're going to be learning something, we're going to be looking at how did Paul witness, particularly in front of King Agrippa and Bernice and the leaders there, and we're going to take away some points as how do we bear witness in today's world. That's what we're going to be looking at in terms of our application. So we have got here, uh, Festus is, hears them out and Festus is kind of thinking like this man has not really done anything wrong against, uh, against Rome against uh, uh, my province it's some matter of words and religion and Festus is out of his depth to judge, he can't make a judgment so he's kind of thinking and so he kind of anyway he wanted to do a favor to the Jewish people he said would you go with them and Caesar uh, again uh, Paul uses his his citizenship card and he says as a Roman this is a Roman court this is a Roman trial and he says I appeal to Caesar he says to Caesar you appealed to Caesar you shall go so He's at a loss, and as he's at a loss, he's thinking, but what do I write to Caesar? I can send a prisoner saying, this guy has appealed to Caesar, but I don't know what this guy has done wrong. As he's thinking about this, he's got some royal visitors. King Agrippa II and Bernice come there. And uh, over a meal, probably, he's talking with King Agrippa. King Agrippa II is the grandson of Herod the Great, by the way. And um, they're all the merely saying, there's this prisoner that 
Felix is left behind. This guy's name is Paul, and I've examined him. I can't find what's exactly wrong with this, uh, this accusations. I can't make head or tail of this case. Can you? And King Agrippa says, yeah, I will listen. So on the following day, the court's called and everybody come. And Paul is called and Paul is given an opportunity to defend himself. And uh, Paul speaks uh, with respect. He addresses him uh, uh, with respect. So first point I want to give, it, give to you is when you're talking to unbelievers, when you're talking to who are people who are not Christians, please speak with respect. Don't be condescending. Respect them. Okay? And uh, what transpires is, when he shares his testimony, one of the first things he says, what was his past like? So I've always told you there are two stories worth telling to people. One is the story number one. The story is about his story. Story number two, how he met you and how he changed your life. And he talks about his background and he says, I was a Jew, I've been in Jerusalem, I'm from the strictest of the sects of the Jewish people, I'm a Pharisee, and I was so zealous, I was persecuting the people who were followers of Jesus Christ. And he says, he tells his past when you're telling your story, even when Paul tells his past, he does not glorify his past, but he quickly moves on to point to Jesus. Some people, when they talk about their testimony, they, have, they want to tell about all the ins and outs of all the bad things they've done, how bad I've been, and they kind of want to make it really embellish it and say, you know, I was a real tough guy, you know. Don't be like that. Yeah, but tell that, yeah, I needed Jesus. Tell, tell the story. And then he quickly moves on to his conversion. And when he talks about his conversion, he talks about how Jesus met him, how he met with Jesus. And he talks about two things, a cleansing and a commissioning. How his life was changed. Friends, I'm going to, here's a challenge. I'm, I'm not doubting any of you, but I'm just kind of just putting a challenge out there. If you say that you have met with Christ and your life has never, ever changed, then I'm going to ask you, what transformation took place? So I'm going to ask a question. If Christ has met you, then your life is bound to change because Christianity in two sentences is about grace poured out and gratitude lived out. When you live with gratitude for somebody who has been so loving and caring and he died for us and he gave us his gift of righteousness and gave you a living hope, then your life is going to be changed. There's a proverb which says, a much-loved son imitates his father. Wow. I tell you, uh, I have a very special story. At the age of 17, Philip was one of his, uh, uh, Ellie Benchlomo's classmate, schoolmate. Philip was, uh, uh, he used to be one of these guys who wore his trousers down here and half of his, you know, his underpants showing and 
kept that way and headphones in. And he used to sit here in the back row playing, uh, um, what do you call it, some mobile game on. And he had a good friend on the side who's a kind of a, a good, he's a Christian, but he's a be playing on Bluetooth with him, you know. And I said, I told the other friend, I don't think you should encourage my son to be playing. And, but he's coming, he'll sit sometimes and you'll chat to Rob and a few people and you'll rush back. And, and one day I was uh, um, taking him for a school open day, I mean uni open day, you know. And uh, I picked him up and I said to him, uh, Phil, uh, shall we pray? And he kind of gave me a look. I said, took it out, and he looked at me, and that look said, why pray? I felt angry, I felt upset, I felt a failure. I thought 17 years I've taught this guy, loved this guy, raised this guy, and he's looking at me saying, as though I've said, spoken in some alien language, let's pray. I retrospectively look and say it was the Holy Spirit of God. I had a moment of brilliance that passed through my head. If someone on Gloucester Road asked you why pray, with what compassion and what enthusiasm would you explain? And I explained this to my son. I said, Phil, that's never sent a son to the university. Frankly, I'm a little bit apprehensive. And if I've talked to my maker, it will help me. And he said, okay then, let's pray. So then we prayed together. Anyway, we went on that journey to uh, one of the universities, coming back after lunch on the M5, driving down. He turns around and he tells me something which I can, money cannot buy. He looked at me and said, Dad, thank you for taking me. That's the first thing he said. The second sentence he said, when I grow up, I want to be like you. I could have blown it all away when he asked me why pray like coming down on him like a ton of bricks. Talk to people with respect. And then I was able to tell him how my life changed. He said something to me, Dad, you don't have much money but you live your life with confidence. I want that confidence. Where does it come from? My confidence comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Things in front of you will be uncertain, unpredictable, it doesn't matter. But he, because he lives, because he lives, I can face my tomorrow. Hallelujah. I don't know what your life circumstances, because he lives, you can face your tomorrow. He loves you so much. And your life, so that, that my son, what, what, he was a much-loved son, so he wants to imitate his father. That's what I'm driving at. So if you live your life with gratitude to Jesus, your life is bound to change. It won't be a case of, I must read the Bible. You say, I cannot miss reading the Bible. It's not a case, I must pray. You say, God, I want conversation with you. Good morning. You know, sometimes we walk into an office and say, good morning. They're looking good. Have you tried telling that to God? 
Have a conversation with him and keep your conversation going. Talk about, don't talk just about all those heavy things. Talk about everything. Sometimes, you know, it's fellowship. It is, it is relationship. You know, if I only spoke to Claire, saying like, oh Claire, can you get me a cup of tea? Can you iron me a shirt, please? Do you know where I left that stuff? If only I'm asking, asking, asking. But no, no, no. If fellowship is about, sometimes I say, Claire, just stop, stop, stop. Listen to that bird. And she stops and she looks with me. Isn't it beautiful? So it is fellowship. You're cheering about every day, everything. So I, I want to encourage you, friends, it is a relationship. And he says, my life changed. Paul's life was changed. His life was transformed. He was, a, he was, a, he was a, a, an emissary uh, who was uh, persecuting the church, now an emissary of Christ. And he stuck to the message. He spoke about the resurrection of Christ. You know, sometimes very many people say they're sharing the gospel. They talk about how God gave them a new car or a, a holiday or, or on a cruise or he upgraded me onto business class. That's not the gospel. That may be good news to you, but it's not God's good news. God's good news is about his son, Jesus, God's Christ, who came to die for you as your substitute. To take your sin and your punishment upon himself and give you the gift of righteousness. He, he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. According to the scripture. That is the gospel. The gospel of God is the power of God unto salvation. And this Paul uh, preaches the gospel. And in this, in this thing he says, I cannot be disobedient to the heavenly vision. He's saying, God not only saved me, He sent me. He not only saved you, He's sending you into the world, your workplace, your families, your friends. He's sending you. And He says that God has actually told him to go and open the eyes of people that they might move out of darkness to light and they might experience the forgiveness of sin and they might become part of that fellowship we were talking about. I mean, without mentioning names, I had a brilliant experience last week. Last week, on, uh, the week before on Saturday, I shared with some of my friends last week um, uh, uh, and a friend of mine called me out of the blue and he said, can I speak with you? And we went down and met in the downs and we sat there and he opened up his life and he shared with me and he was going through a crisis and in that crisis I said to him, in the middle of his crisis I said to him, would you like to hand this, your life over to Christ? I didn't ask him to say a sinner's prayer. He said, I've sinned, Jesus. I have sinned. He's not a Christian. He's saying, I've sinned, Jesus. I've sinned, Jesus. Jesus, take my life. Take my circumstance. That did not mean his problems vanished. He was still suffering from anxiety and fear. And subsequently, we met again next week. And again, there was a lovely ending to the story. And... Uh, 
in his, and God set him free of that anxiety and that panic and everything just like that. And he, it, it, it hit a height. He, he was so agitated, but I was able to stand with him and say, yes. I said, I've asked for option A. Let's believe for option A. If it's option B, I will stand with you in, your option, in option B. And we were there together. And we came out of this place when God set him free of this anxiety in the car park. He turned around. He, he was crying. And he said, Alex, will you hug me? I said, yeah. And I gave him a big hug. And he was shouting in the car park, thank you, Jesus, for setting me out, getting me out of jail. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me out of jail. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me out of jail. These things don't happen every day. So don't think like, oh, Alex is having a good time every day. No, no. Sometimes God gives you those moments. But you are called to proclaim Christ, the resurrected Christ, the risen Christ, the reigning Christ, who is able to set people free, open the eyes of the blind. So I just want to encourage you, church, when you speak to people speak with respect tell them what your past was tell them how your life has changed if your life has not changed ask God to change you okay and then tell about your conversion experience tell the gospel point to Christ and then uh, Apostle Paul just didn't stop there he turned the he turned towards King Agrippa and says, King Agrippa, you're familiar with these things? You should, you believe the prophets, don't you? Wow! And then King Agrippa said, oh, persuade, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Christ, we don't, we cannot convert people, believe you me, I cannot convert people. No one can convert people except God. We can give them an opportunity and present the good news. It's only God who changes lives. It's only God who changes hearts. Don't apply pressure on anybody. God can use your story to persuade someone to change. Hallelujah. If he had an appeal to Caesar... They could have set him free. But more than that, there was a bigger picture. God had already told him that he's going to stand before kings, which he's already started doing. Some years, Felix, Festus, Agrippa, some commanders in the way, some tribunes on the way, and ultimately to Nero. So, you know, sometimes we think that, last time when I finished, I said that when you, when God speaks to you that you're going to do something massive, you kind of think like it should happen tomorrow and it should be a cakewalk. He took another two years in prison here, two more years in prison in Rome, shipwreck in between, hungry, bitten by a snake. All those things went in between. Flogged. Yeah. So sometimes the journey may be long. Hang in there. So I'm going to just close, but before I close, I want to draw you here, draw your attention here. 
I believe as a church we are going to we are coming to another season of growth. I sense in my heart that God is going to grant us growth yet again. Between uh, last year last year and this year we've had over uh, uh, over 35 people move for you know jobs took them graduated different things got married uh, different things. And uh, our pool is about 85 people who are in, the, in, in our, what do you call, I'm not calling them members necessarily, but they would subscribe that this, was, this is where home is for them. Okay? I do believe, uh, and uh, Ray, would you come and tell us about what's happened in that, what's happening here? And uh, we got a couple of exciting things happening, Alpha in particular, and uh, so we're going to get... Uh, uh, She's walking away. She's going. She's oh, she's going. Oh, I know. She's <laughs> going to speak about Alpha, and uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the student stuff, okay. and something happened in the social media, etc. I'll hand you okay. over there. Thank you. God bless you.